Hello. Welcome, everybody. Thank you guys for coming on Christ AG Church Community Podcast. We thank you guys for hopping on with us again. Uh, we want to welcome you to our um, our series here where we're talking about stories and testimonies of people's lives from our church. Uh, last, uh, last month, we had uh, Brother Gary on sharing his testimony, sharing his story. And this month, we have Ann Kutakayam from uh, Floral Park. Uh, is it Floral Park? Floral, Floral Park. Park, New York, uh, sharing her testimony about missions, which is very, very interesting, because she is our missions coordinator. I or, am the missions coordinator. Missions coordinator. Her and her husband, David, David Katkaim, shout out, our missions coordinators of Christ AG Community Church, and uh, they're planning a trip for our church in El Salvador this August, but you have uh, a lot of experience. You've been around the world, right? Like, around the world. and Yeah, yeah. and like, Around the world, <laughs> Asia, yeah, South a America, America, United States. Yeah. <laughs> United States is a country, by the way. It is for a those country. of you who did not know, uh, but yeah, so we want to hear about all your experiences. But first, let's hear about who you are, where your name, uh, what you do, family, whatever, whatever you want to share. Just one interesting fact, or whatever you want. <laughs> okay, uh, so I'm Anne, and. Uh, I'm married to a fantastic guy. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> um, oh. We have an amazing daughter. Your daughter. Okay, let me just cl- stop right there. She has one of the cutest babies that I've ever seen in my entire life. Livia and Katakaya. <laughs> she's I, uh, pretty. Amazing. I promise we won't take too much time to talk about her, but I, I kind of set up, set aside like five minutes just to talk just about five minutes. <laughs> Livia. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we've been married for about two and a half years and, um, we're really passionate about missions and ministry and wanting to serve God as a family, not just individually, but serving God as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that God's been dealing with us as a family. I try to figure out, uh, where he's going to lead us and, you know, with the church, wherever he wants us to go. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact, uh, I love playing volleyball. Volleyball, volleyball. Um, She's a six-time champion. I don't know about six-time. Well, let's say four at least. Back in my younger <laughs> days. <laughs> Back in the day. Back in the days. Um, she played. She was like LeBron. She played for like three different teams, won three different titles. Yeah, that's, that's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. Um, right. You keep it <laughs> modest, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I do keep it modest. It's like Moses wrote, he's the most humble. Oh, okay. Pulling right. out scripture now too. I did, okay. I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's. That's a little bit about me. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So uh, where did, um, so obviously um, this missions bug had to start somewhere where God called you out to missions. Where, where, where did that really come from? Where did that start? Um, I want to say, I think it originally started with my parents when mm. um, I would say they prayed it into existence. Oh, yeah? um, you know, there's life and death in your tongue. Mm. And it might have uh, benefited them maybe or not benefited <laughs> them, but... Um, when I was younger, um, uh, I was, I had really, really bad, uh, skin issues, like really bad eczema. And so they had, uh, prayed over me and, um, to see healing. And one of the things that they had prayed over was for also 
uh, for me to go into full-time ministry. Like our oh. kids, like, you know how our parents pray, yeah. I want my kids to go into ministry. Mm. Um, I don't know if it was like a, if you heal my child, yeah. I will give them into like ministry. Like a Hannah thing. Right, yeah. but uh, it was one of those that, you know, our parents pray that their kids serve the Lord, and I think it started with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I served with, in the church for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, leading worship and um, different aspects of youth ministries and, and the churches that I've been a part of. And uh, missions was never in the radar per se until I was about in, I was in college where I was at InterVarsity. Ivy InterVarsity, <laughs> shout out. Um, for those of you that don't know, get plugged in at your colleges. InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Look at your local colleges today. All right. So, uh, so I, I was serving at InterVarsity, and I really felt God calling me to uh, to missions. And you know, I had pastors and stuff praying for me and praying over me, and they always prayed that. Uh, Missions was a part of my life, and I didn't know what that looked like, mm-hmm. but I did know that I needed to finish school. Yeah. Um, so once I finished school, I started working. Where did you go to school? Uh, Baruch College. Baruch. Um, Baruch is on fire. Oh, okay. my gosh. Um, <laughs> so uh, when I was in college, while I was there, I just knew that I couldn't just up and leave in the middle of my career time there. Yeah. Um, so I finished school. I got my degree in accounting. I uh, started working, and when I was at work, uh, there was one day where God spoke to me and said, I've blessed you with so much, now what are you going to do for me? Oh, wow. And it was one of those situations in my life where, um, you know, I had like a seven-minute commute to my job. Mm-hmm. I would literally go home for lunch every day. It was like, <laughs> you know, work was work, and it was during a time where a lot of people were losing their jobs. Yeah, and yeah. Um, my parents were like, why are you? Why do you want to quit your job? People, you know, are struggling. You have a job, or you have a good job, you have insurance and all this stuff. And, you know, I had to tell my parents I would rather – uh, be with God in an unstable market than be with, you know, without him in a stable market. And mm-hmm. so like, it just, it was one of those things where I just needed to trust God in this because he's the one that spoke it and he's the one that spoke to me about it. Yeah. And so then you, you decided in college and then what did you do? What was the step that you took after that? So after that, I had, um, I was looking into different um, Bible schools because mm-hmm. I didn't want to go back for my master's per se. Like I didn't want to do my MBA. You know, it's hard to get out of school. <laughs> so <laughs> once I got Very out, stops. I didn't want to go back in. <laughs> uh, but I just knew I because I've never been on a missions trip. I've never done missions, but I just knew that it was missions, and I knew that um, I needed to figure out what that you know what that was. So when I had um, was looking into different programs, I had a friend that went to Christ for the Nations in Dallas, Texas, CF9. and CF9. Um, and while he was there, he had mentioned to me that there was a missions program there, and this missions program it's one semester of classroom training, and then there's your the next semester you're out on the field, like they try to get you mm-hmm. onto the field to the oh, mission wow. field. And so, um, but they also have the whole three year program where you go through like. Uh, Bible classes and like regular foundations classes and all these things. Uh, but when I when I got there, um, because I already had my degree, I could have jumped the two years and went directly into their missions program. Mm-hmm. So the first semester, it's like classroom training. They kind of walk you through like different programs, everything from like researching like different people groups. You're learning about uh, different cultures. You're learning about what it really is to being fully immersed in a culture and yeah. not trying to take your views and putting it on them, but trying to adapt to them and their culture okay, yeah. and bringing the gospel the way that they would be able to, 
be able to be reached. Mm -hmm. um, so we learned how to not just go on a mission trip, but to live as missionaries wherever, where in Where's that you? place. Oh, wow. um, so that semester, I was raising funds to go to the Philippines. God put it on yeah. my heart to go on the Philippines. No, I've never, like I said, I've never been on a mission trip. Yeah. But um, going to the Philippines is something that God put on my heart. And, um, and at the time, I had quit my job. And it was like $5,700 for my trip to yeah. go. And, you know, I had prayed about it. And God was like, you know, in my head, in my own head, I said I could pay for this myself because yeah. I had my savings I, you know, for, for like the two years that I had worked. And I was yeah. willing to pay for it. But God had said, you know, he's called me. And he told me, you know, you invest into what I tell you to invest into, and I will have people invest into you. Mm -hmm. And that whole semester, the the concept of giving and giving just because God said so was yeah. something that I learned, and that's something that I still keep too. If I ever feel that God's telling me to give, I always give. Mm -hmm. um, Bible says to be a cheerful giver and a yeah. generous giver, and so that's something that without fault, I can see God's hand come through because I was the first uh, student in, in my missions class that got fully funded to go on the mission field. Um, and to see that even unfold where, you know, uh, my own classmates, you know, for my last, like, $80 they were able to put, provide to me when they were raising their own funds. Uh, for those of you that were at the women's meeting, you know the details of that story. SJG <laughs> um, Women's Fellowship. Shout out. All right. <laughs> um, but, you know, just to see God's hand really unfold when he calls you, he completely provides mm -hmm. for all of that. And so I was able to go on my first missions trip um, to the Philippines, and I spent my first trip was three months. Three months in the Philippines? Three months in the Philippines. Wow. So you went all in right I went there. all in. <laughs> I went all in. And, you know, some people say when you're, you know, they're alive their lives are changed when they went on a one-week missions trip. Mm -hmm. You know, my second trip was a one-week missions trip, and I absolutely hated it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. it was too short? It, was, it wasn't that it was too short. There was something about the one-week missions trip where, for me personally, I needed to experience what it was like to live like a missionary. Uh -huh. yeah, if yeah. that's what God was calling me, um, just to know that as a, as a missionary, you're impacting people's lives daily. You're mm -hmm. being in their life makes a difference. You pouring into them yeah. specifically makes a difference as opposed to just going, um, having a meeting, having a VBS. That's great and yeah. that's needed. Um, you know, those teams that come, come alongside the missionaries that are already there, there and, and that's time. needed as well. Um, but I knew that I wasn't called for a one-time missions kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I was called for like a lifetime missions. Okay, well, that's risky. So yeah. what did you do in the Philippines? When you so uh, in the Philippines, we partnered with, uh, uh, it's not an agency, it's um, like a ministry called Camp Sunshine. They're actually mm -hmm. based down in um, Washington, uh, DC, like, the, like in Maryland, they're based yeah. out of Maryland. And so they have, there's a missionary team that came from CFNI um, back a couple years before we got there, and they set up Camp Sunshine in the Philippines, and it's like whole camp kind of setting. Um, but you have to understand the location of Camp Sunshine. Camp Sunshine, um, to the left of the Camp Sunshine, it's a squatter village, mm -hmm. literally poor, impoverished uh, families that live there. Right across the street, you have drug dealers and you know, all of that happening across the street and then to the right of us, there is uh, prostitution. So we're like in the red light district in the city, uh, in the Philippines, and um, we were called a place of hope for mm -hmm. these uh, uh, kids that came. So our main focus was having uh, kids camps for the kids there, 
uh, every Thursday and every Saturday morning. So Thursday uh, evening, we do like an after school program for mm-hmm. the kids, but it was more so like doing Bible teaching and like songs with the kids. Um, and then on Saturday morning, same thing, we would do games. It was more of like an involved um, uh, VBS, but it was every week, twice a week. Uh, mm-hmm. throughout the time that we were there. That okay. was our main thing. But we also did like a medical camp. We visited um, a college campuses. We did um, uh, street evangelism. We did a whole bunch of different things. But most of our ministry and everything that we did was related with children and families. Yeah. Um, so like I said, it's about seeing the family, seeing these kids. And so like our apartments that we were living in were behind uh, Camp Sunshine. And we'd always have to pass through the squatter village. Yeah, and so how was we, that? Yeah. Know. Well, it's funny because when we first, like when we first landed and when we first got there and our first walk there, yeah. it's super nervous because you're just like, what the, like, yeah. you, you just see things you don't want to see yeah, and you, like, you know, it's totally, like, just scary and dangerous. But then, like, as the kids see you and as the families get to know you, because you get to know the families, you get to see the kids, mm-hmm. um, you get to see them grow for those three months. and. Yeah you know, by the end of it, or like even the middle of it, they are meeting us before we get there and walking us through. And we're always saying good morning to them. The families know us. And so you see, you know, your presence there is really making a difference in the families and that. So that was really cool um, just to see that with the kids. And then they just like get completely interact with the kids. Completely interact with the kids. And so, yeah, that was in, that was Camp Sunshine. We had um, Philippine moms that were there. They helped provide cook meals and stuff Mm -hmm. but we learned to live as missionaries like we had to go grocery shopping we had to cook our own food Mm -hmm. we had to like every part of living like you do by yourself we do by ourselves yeah so what did you learn from that and specifically that missions trip um i think for me personally was wow i could do this okay yeah Yeah. and you know because again i'm girl from new york Mm -hmm. you know like didn't go away for school, never lived away from home, really. And here I am living in a third world country. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a team of uh, seven of us that were there for the three months, but we're yeah. pretty much on our own. Like, yeah. there were other missionaries there, you know, our leaders and stuff that were there, but they didn't live on the grounds with us. They had their own houses and their mm-hmm. own areas. And, you know, we had to hop on um, uh, different ride, uh, com- um, transportation. We had to, like, get around. We had to know where we were. And to be able to communicate, to learn the language, to be able to... Um, know that, wow, like there's a whole world out there that um, is in need of God. And mm-hmm. if God really calls you, he will make every way possible for his gospel to be reached. Yeah. And so to know that he could use this Queens girl, mm-hmm. you know, to make that happen. Floral Park. <laughs> Floral <Yes>. Park. Uh, <laughs> to make that happen was pretty incredible. Yeah. And to know that, you know, if he calls you, he will make ways where you never thought there would be ways. So so after after Philippines, you come home um, you, you quit your job. Quit every, my every, job. Everything's, everything's kind of like gone for for that moment, right? What, what's the next step you took after that? So um, when I got fully funded, so I told you I was raising money to go to the Philippines. Yeah. I raised over and above what uh, oh, okay. I was supposed to raise. So that helped me go to a training uh, for missions with Go to Nations where I became uh, a missionary through them, through this agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was assigned to go to Guatemala oh. for... Uh, a year. So it was about a year. It was about 10 so months. So that was right after? So after after I came back, so I came back like end of March. In May that that year, I had um, went to this training. And at that point, I'm like, my goal was to get to Guatemala by that following year. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I, I did a short-term mission trip, like I said. Mm-hmm. We went to Trinidad. Um for a week, and I realized I'm not cut out for the short term mm-hmm. 
life, ministry life, I'm called for the long term. Long term. And so that was something that God really spoke to me about when it came to missions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also, as a family, went to India, my, mm-hmm. my, my parents and I, but we also um, uh, dealt with some orphanages in India where mm-hmm. we helped provide food and we did yeah. programs with the kids there, which was awesome because being from India, I never got to... Um, uh, I guess minister to my own people. Yeah, that's something that um, you know, if God calls me to later on, I would totally love it. Mm-hmm. It felt like I was at home almost. It was even though it was a different language because we were in North India. Yeah, but just to know that you know I'm somebody that can, that looks like them and that could um, reach them on a whole different level was mm-hmm. really awesome. So you know that's something that happened afterwards. But for the most part, I was trying to. Um, raise funds to get to Guatemala, where I spent almost uh, almost a year there, ten months. So, uh, so you started, so you no no missions trip. So then you started with three months in the Philippines, took like a, a month break. Where, but even then, you took a short term one in India and Trinidad, and then you went ten months in Guatemala. Correct. Right, like right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I got so once you come back to the U.S., you go through like this like uh, culture shock because yeah. you go you know they say you go through reverse culture shock because when you get there it's culture shock yeah. but being from India we you know like I, I know I, I see the poverty when I go to India so that wasn't going there wasn't too bad like the mm-hmm. the culture shock going there it was definitely the reverse culture shock when that I felt yeah. when I came back to the US when you know you're trying to explain to people what it is like to be on a mission trip you're trying to explain to people the things you saw the faces you saw the things that you know miracles that you saw happening when you prayed and when you're trying to explain those things to people and people not understanding or like or not caring or that part was really difficult um so then you go through these like emotions you know and it's funny because you when when i was in the class they kind of tell you you're going to go through these little phases and i'm like nah that's not true (laughs) and literally it it, it happened the way it happened and Mm. so um in the meet while i was trying to raise funds to go to guatemala and try to get there you know like I think life tried, life sucked me back in, you know, being in the U.S. And, you know, I went through moments of, like, super spiritual high, then the super spiritual low. Um, but by God's grace, I was able to raise my funds, and I was able to go that following year. Yeah. So then you, you go to Guatemala. What was that for? What was so um, it's always been a desire of mine to start, an, like, an orphanage or, like, mm-hmm. a, a children's something uh, with kids. And um, there was, with Go Donations, which is with the agency that I partnered with, mm-hmm. they had um, like an orphanage in Guatemala that they knew, and it was actually a, a girl's home. Mm-hmm. At the time that I was there, there was about 57 girls when I first got there. And this trip, I was truly going solo. like yeah, by yourself. By myself. Like, in the Philippines, there was a team of seven of us here. Um, it was a 10-month uh, apprenticeship, so like my three months was my internship. Um, um, the 10 months was an apprenticeship that I had and normally you do with the team, but because I was specifically, uh, wanted to do a home, like a, like a children's home, like an orphanage, yeah. um, because I was the only one then wanted to do it, yeah. it was, I had to be there kind of by myself. You didn't doubt yourself at all in the, in the process, in the process. Uh, well, so when I had gone to Guatemala, my dad came with me yeah. and, um, so I made sure when I booked his ticket that I booked it for the very next day. Like, we landed on, like, Wednesday, and I made sure his ticket was to be out of there on Thursday. Mm -hmm. So Wednesday when we landed... We got there, and, and we lived, and the home was in Guatemala City. So it wasn't like it was in a village or anything, yeah. but still, I mean, it's it's a shocking like, when you go to these places. Yeah. So I remember being with, uh, I met my leaders for the first time that mm-hmm. are uh, that I have to like 
be under and they're, you know, my spiritual heads while I'm there. Mm. Um, when I met them, we were at their house. Um, they have like a base where, you know, missionaries come and stay and whatever. So my dad and I were staying there mm. and we had that place to ourselves. So he was in one room, I was in the other room. And so we, the night he was, so the night we landed, he's leaving the next day. So the night we landed, he um, uh, asked me, he goes, if you want, I'll book a ticket and you can go home with me tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, in my head, I was like, yes. <laughs> in my heart, I knew God wanted me to be there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, Dad, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be here. And so we dropped into the airport and we came back to uh, my leader's house and I remember sitting in their dining room table, hysterically oh, crying, wow. <laughs> like, how am I going to do this for 10 months? 10 months? I was like, literally had a meltdown in their dining room thinking, oh my gosh, I'm literally here by myself. Mm-hmm. It didn't hit me until that moment where yeah. it was, you know, when I was in the Philippines, there was a team of us, there were yeah, seven yeah. of us, and we were all going through everything together. Yeah. But this was truly me, like, as soon, I think I stayed one more night at the base, but that very next day, I was going into that girl's home, Maybe and I was living yeah. there, like, I was living there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nobody spoke English, or rarely, very little English they spoke. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to be fully immersed, do language school, I had to, you know, get to know the girls i had to go to uh, do everything that they did Mm -hmm. and it was like what was i getting myself into um so that was really really hard in the beginning Mm -hmm. um because literally i so the way the home was set up there's like i said 57 girls two of the homes um had about i think 20 girls each under the age of like 12 Mm -hmm. and then the way they set up the home it's like a maturation um process where you start off with uh, a home uh, with young girls where there's a Tia, like a house mom, yeah. and they help the girls, like, prepare the meals and, you know, like, all that stuff. But the girls have to get up, like, 6 o'clock or 5.30 in the morning, oh, wow. take a shower, get dressed, make their bed, sweep, clean, do all that stuff before they have breakfast. Mm-hmm. Then they have breakfast. Then they go to school. Um, and they come back, and the process starts again. They do their homework. So it's very structured. Yeah. So for me, uh, when I got there, I'm in one of the houses with, like, 20 girls, Thankfully, I had my own room, mm-hmm. um, uh, which I had my own key to, so I could lock the door. Yeah. But you know, like once they were up, <laughs> you had to fight for hot water because <laughs> you know it's, it's it was solar heating, so yeah. during the day it would it would stay warm, warm. But that morning shower was cold, oh, and I learned that I need to get up bright and early yeah, to get yeah, that hot yeah. shower, <laughs> or take an afternoon or a late yeah. day uh, shower. But like little things like that, where um, in the beginning was a little like difficult, I guess you know mm-hmm. just. Things like, you know, th- once I got closer to the house, there was no Wi-Fi. Like, I, the only time I had Wi-Fi was when I was when, in, like, the office of the home. Yeah. Um, but, like, when I was in my room, there was no okay. Wi-Fi. There was no, like, I was truly unplugged, like, completely unplugged while I was there. What did you do the past time? Um, I was hanging out with the girls, <laughs> you <laughs> know? And so we, it, you know, so I, I, did, I did a month of language school where I was yeah. doing four hours a day. Okay. Uh, four days a week. So I had to learn Spanish. I had to like take a test. I had mm-hmm. to do like a whole oral examination. Just like high school. Again. Yeah, it was really like <laughs> high school. Like high school helped me learn, you know, the basic foundation, mm-hmm. but I had to write a story in Spanish. Like I had to, you know, like what for, for my uh, written part of it, I had to mm-hmm. uh, share about a story that yeah. I read and I had to write it. And so, um, so it was, the language is a little hard, but thankfully, dealing with kids they give you a lot of grace <laughs> they're just happy that you're talking to yeah, them yeah. so that was really cool so you know dealing with girls they a lot of them have been there 
for many years. Some of them came while I was there for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, some girls are truly orphaned, have no parents, have nothing. Other girls are there because they've been abused uh, physically, emotionally, you know, sexually. There's different reasons why those girls are there. Yeah. So just to try to be in their life. You know, I was probably one of the first ones to ever be there for that long period of time. Because yeah. most of the time, people come and they go. They'll come as a team and they'll go. Yeah. And so they'll get a week of, like, all this attention and then that's it. But being able to pour into these girls and pray with them and talk with them and just to, you know, whatever Spanish that I could speak. Um, you know, and they would try to speak English to me. And it was funny, just we were trying to correct each other when they would yeah. say chicken instead of kitchen or like <laughs> things like that. You know, it was it was just to know that, you know, we're on the same playing field. Um, and it was great when you woke up in the morning and these little girls would come up to you, Anna, Anna, because they call me Anna. Yeah. Um, and so just to know that they were such a huge part of my life mm-hmm. uh, for those 10 months. And so when, um, you know, like I, like I said, when I started, the, the mission trip in Guatemala, I was in the dining room table of my leaders crying because I didn't know how I was going to make it. Yeah. And then my day, the day that I was leaving, I was crying because I didn't want to go home. You had to go back, yeah. So, I mean, it was just an amazing time while I was there. And we had a lot of teams that came. Um, we did, we did like, this retreat for the older girls where mm-hmm. we really just took them aside. Um, spent, like, a weekend. Like, me and three other women got together uh, from the States that... Um, they were from Camp Sunshine from, I told you about Camp Sunshine in the yeah, Philippines. Yeah. Camp Sunshine, Maryland, the actual headquarters, they brought a team down okay. to, to the home and they actually ended up doing like a whole one week camp. Mm-hmm. And so our, I was a part of the, the, the older girls because it's, again, they're teen, you can't do the same program you, you do with like a five-year-old for yeah, like for girls like that are like 16, 17, 18. Yeah. So we kind of just dealt with heart issues. We dealt with um, spiritual issues. We talked, like we op- they opened up about things that they were facing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's a cultural thing too, um, you know, for a lot of the girls to deal with sex and to deal with like the attention of boys and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. So just to be able to talk with them and to be able to tell them how important they are to God and, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, and you pray that every seed that you plant is, is, it falls on good soil. Yeah. So, you know, just to be able to pour into them. And I still keep in contact with a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I see them on Instagram or social media and stuff, and they'll always message me, see how I'm doing. And um, so, I mean, it, it was just, for me, it's it's about building the relationship when you're yeah. on a mission field. It's about building relationships. and net, not, I don't want to say networking, but yeah. there's so many missionaries out there that mm-hmm. have nobody who are literally really and truly solo who you know have no support from the united states it's you know pastors evangelists yeah. who go through a lot every single day then you have missionaries that have the support and have teams that come down mm-hmm. um and but every person whether it be a team that comes down from the united states from one week or whether it be missionaries that have been serving there for 20 or more years you know they every person that um goes out into the mission field to a different country always plants an amazing seed to every person that they encounter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's that's really cool. That's awesome to hear it. And then, like, did you have the same reverse culture shock back? Or I like did. So it's funny because, it, you know, when I had um, went to CFNI, I, it was a three-year program that originally, my original plan was to go, with, like, do their two-year study and then they do their one-year missions program. But when my whole missions trip to Guatemala and everything was done, like, between... The first year that I was at CFNI, the Philippines, um, Trinidad, India, and Guatemala, 
it would have been three years, like exactly three years almost mm -hmm. to the date, like the way the years fell. And so, you know, in my head, it was supposed to be, you know, Dallas, Texas mm -hmm. and whatever mission field, Philippines. Yeah. But God in that time took me to Dallas, Philippines, mm -hmm. Trinidad, yeah. India and Guatemala. Yeah. So when you just trust God in that process, mm -hmm. he takes you to the ends of the world. Yeah. And so when I came back from Guatemala, um, I didn't know what at that point. I didn't know what was next because yeah. I knew, OK, God, these three years. Mm -hmm. are yours not that every year is not god's but yeah. th these three years i gave up my career gave up all of this and i knew that i knew that those three years specifically and it was it was the aftermath that i didn't know what it looked like i just mm -hmm. remembered coming back um to the united states and coming back and being super like spiritually high mm -hmm. and like coming back to the church and then, you know, uh, I wasn't a part of Christ AG Community Church at the time, but the church that I grew up in, going back to that church, um, just to, you know, I wish they were as passionate about ministry and missions and, you know, I just felt like, man, God, you you made me see all the things you, that I saw and you, you know, you broke my heart for things that break yours and, mm -hmm. and you know, I got to see your heart for kids and family and all these things. I'm coming back to the United States. Why aren't more Christians or, or, or church people or believers uh, more passionate about that? Why mm -hmm. are we so comfortable where we are yeah. and why aren't we doing more things for God? And so uh, I don't want to say my faith got weakened but it kind of did as I uh, started getting back into the swing of things and I'm like do I start looking for a job like I didn't you know when I came back I really didn't know what was next yeah. so and I went through a really 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 difficult time just personally uh, felt like everybody just kind of not that they gave up on me but it was just a really difficult season where you know like I just I don't know it just I was in such a um uh, bad place mentally, spiritually. Um, going to church wasn't that interesting anymore. But God always just kept reminding me of my time on the mission field mm -hmm. and reminding me that there's so much more than what this is. Um, I knew that you know marriage was down the line. I didn't know how soon or how far that looked like. Yeah. Um, I knew that maybe I should start looking for a job. So I did start looking and start looking, but every door was shut at that moment. Yeah. And so for months and months I was looking and I kept trusting God. I'm like, God, why aren't you opening those doors? But in the right time, God provided a job and I'm still at that same job that yeah. I'm at. But they, um, it's funny because one of the reasons why a lot of people didn't um, call me for an interview or, or was because I had three years of a gap between, oh, okay. you know, like, up, like I, I worked for two well, years and then three years I wasn't working. And so, but, I'll, and I, and I can't explain myself until I call, get calls for an interview, yeah. but on my resume, I put from those time, that time frame, uh, from like 2010 till like 2012, 2012, yeah. that I was doing missions and all that stuff. Or 2009 to 2012, I was doing missions. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, you know, went to went overseas and all that stuff. And everybody, people that were helping me with my resume kept telling me, take that off your resume, don't put that on your resume. But I kept it on there because that's a part of who I was yeah. or who I am. You know, that's who God called me and that's not something that I'm ashamed of. Mm -hmm. So I kept it on my resume. Um, and it's funny because the job that I'm at now, the person that hired me, Actually, that part of that my entire resume stood out to him. Oh yeah, and that's called. And he brought it up. To, he brought it up to me in my resume because when I went in for the, and and I kept praying, God, you know, just give me one interview. All I need is one interview. And mm. every door was shut until I got this call for this interview. And when I went in for the interview, we went through my resume, and then he asked me. He goes, "I noticed there's a three-year gap on your resume." Yeah. Um, and I noticed, you know, that time frame. It says that you were 
were like overseas and tell me more about this. And so when I shared my heart and told him what I did, he was so impressed with that somebody young and somebody uh, who's so passionate about this was able to do this and didn't care about, um, you know, my status or my career, mm -hmm. but there was more to just working and there's more yeah. to just living a normal life. Um, I'm not saying that's why he gave me the job, but mm -hmm. I'm just saying that you never be ashamed of who you are yeah. and never be ashamed of what God's called you uh, to do or whatever it is. And so when people told me to take it off my resume or don't mention it or whatever, I, I knew that that's, that's not something that I'm going to hide. Mm. And so people at work know that I've done missions. I, I went back to Guatemala on a different missions trip for a week. I led a team. Uh, with uh, I brought them to the places that I went. Plus, on top of that, we visited a lot of uh, uh, local ministries and mm -hmm. schools and went back. And it was just uh, refreshing to know that I can work and I can do missions. And, you know, and people think that... Um, I'm too young or I'm too old or, you know, I, I need to get a family, you know. God worked everything out perfectly. For those that know my story personally, mm. who have known me, and you know, like, um, marriage was something that I really wanted, mm. and God gave that to me in the right time. Being Having a family, having kids was something that I wanted, and God gave that to me in the right time. So if you put your faith in God and you trust him with your life, mm -hmm. not just part of your life, but with your life, yeah. there's nothing that he can't do. Mm -hmm. And if you believe that, then, you know, I believe God's called everybody to missions, whether it be at your job, whether it be going on a one week trip, whether it be giving up everything and, and moving to a different country. Yeah. I believe that at some point we are as Christians and as children of God, we are called to be missionaries exactly where we are. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And now you have. Uh, a beautiful husband. A beautiful husband. A beautiful husband. David, shout out to you. <laughs> and a beautiful baby. Well, that's, that's pretty awesome and cool to hear that, that like it, it that not only did, it, did the missions trip affect you in Guatemala and the Philippines, that now it still has a resonating effect today, yeah, which is cool. And, and and I think that's a really good point that you put up, that you brought up where uh, no matter where you are, if you work in the city, if you work here in Long Island or somewhere else, you, that's yeah. your missions field. I remember I went to this conference and this guy said, this guy was a, missionary in Afghanistan or Saudi Arabia and he was telling us um, uh, don't email me or ask me questions because if you do I'm gonna get killed in Saudi Arabia right and so he's like you don't have to come to Saudi Arabia to be a missionary all you need to do is just get off your couch and do something for God and right. so that, that that really spoke to me and that's something kind of yeah. like on the long lines of what you're saying and I think living in New York we are a melting pot of different mm -hmm. nations yeah. and we literally exactly. every nation is represented in New York mm -hmm. um, and so your 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 coworkers like I'm pretty sure you have the entire United Nations sitting mm -hmm. in your <laughs> on your floor and it's true and so I think it, there's at every opportunity you can to share his love mm -hmm. and it's a simple smile or a hello that starts a simple, how are you doing? Can I pray for you? Is mm -hmm. there something that's going on? Or um, It goes a long way, and you'd be surprised um, how many people are just don't have anybody to talk to mm -hmm. and can't share their problems with anybody. But to know that there's somebody out there that actually cares, mm -hmm. it matters to yeah. people to have that conversation. So yeah. I think anybody can share God's love wherever they are. And you'd be surprised how many people open up. It's true. Um, so uh, uh, staying along the lines of missions, uh, Christ Asia Community Church has a missions trip coming up yes, that you and do. your husband are organizing. We are. Uh, to El Salvador. El Salvador. Can you tell us a little bit about that before sure. we close off? Yes. So um, we're really excited. We're partnering with King's Castle Ministry. Um, um, they are a ministry that 
been around for I think 20 some odd years in mm. El Salvador. They host teams all the time. They um, deal a lot with different aspects of missions. They they do like medical, they do construction, they do um, you know street evangelism. So the focus that we're gonna try to do, uh, our team is a little, I think on the smaller side, we have about nine people that are going right now. Mm-hmm. Um, not right now, that are going. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so with this team, you know, we were originally going to try to do like a medical camp, but we're trying to look at the strengths of the team. And yeah. so it's going to probably be more like VBS type things, street evangelism, um, maybe construction in the middle of all that, doing camp meetings, yeah. um, like more an evangelical kind of uh, uh, ministry time where we're going to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think for the uh, most part, this might be... I would say half the team is going to be their first time ever doing a missions trip. Yeah. Um, and so it's going to be exciting for them, I think, for those that are um, first-timers who are going to be challenged mm-hmm. and they're going to see things that um, they probably never thought they'd ever end up seeing. Yeah. Um, you know, And even though it's only nine people physically going, the church as a whole is going because we are just an extension of the church. Yeah. And so you know, we are in need of the prayers of every person um, that's going to be um, not going, mm-hmm. we're going to need just just that prayer support is really, really important because yeah. there's going to be a lot of spiritual attack that's going to happen for yeah. uh, the team that's going. It's, there's going to be, we just need a, a covering over that. And so we're believing that God's going to do miracles. We're, we're believing that God's going to do like crazy things during that time and not just transforming the lives of individuals in El Salvador. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest mission sometimes that happens is God's mission trip to us, yeah. you know, during that time. Yeah, yeah. Transforming us. So, you know, it's going to be uh, a good time. Uh, I'm excited to see people being stretched. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that I learned is we need to be more like rubber bands mm-hmm. because the more stretched you are, the further God's going to take you, yeah. right? And so, um, you know, I think we have to keep uh, praying. Uh, we're finalizing um, just tickets, just the dates, you know, like expensive. So, <laughs> um, so you know, we're praying for just um, an amazing time in El Salvador. It's my first time in El Salvador. I've never been to El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be uh, a good time. I think a bunch of the people have been to different uh, South American countries, but I don't think El Salvador was on anybody's um, trips that they've ever been to. So, yeah, so we are yeah. excited about this. It should be a fun experience all around. Yes. All right, that sounds good. Well, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having and me. And Katakaim, formerly and Vodakatu. Yes, my name got longer. <laughs> Which is surprising. <laughs> uh, but thank you for coming on. Thank you for that awesome experience. Uh, that was pretty awesome to hear thank everything you. That, that you went through and, and how, you, how you're here now. Um, being being able to talk about it because because it's a, a lot of tough things you went through down in Philippines and Guatemala. Uh, thank you guys for listening in on Community Church Podcast. Uh, if you uh, want to hear our other podcasts, come on our website www.christagcommunitychurch.org. Uh, we also have a lot of devotionals on there uh, that are written by people in our church and uh, some leaders that we have. So go check those out. Those are really encouraging and. Uh, if you guys are free Sunday mornings at 9.15, come through at 47 Pacific Street. Uh, we will be here, and we will have a good time. Thank you guys for listening, and have a good day, slash night, slash week, slash weekend. Thank you guys. Have a good night. Bye.